0: I was journaling in the hospital as I was dying. I had encephalitis, so it was destroying my brain. After the illness, I could not remember the names of our three sons. Didn't turn me away from the Lord, it brought me closer to Him. And God has helped me find beauty and value in the journey instead of being obsessed with destination.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of This Is My Story. Today's guest is Chris Maxwell, as you heard from that little intro bit. Chris has written many books and has a perception based off of his own story that God has allowed him to have for himself, for other people that bring about this equilibrium, this peace in his life. And so much of it is simple, yet very profound in the fact that we're spending and needing to spend time with Jesus. And so I hope this conversation um, will minister to you like it did for me and uh, my life and my story, uh, that I need to sometimes retreat away, actually often need to retreat away and be with Jesus, um, taking all things in my life to him. So before we dive in, I wanna thank our two sponsors, Word of Life Bible Institute and Camps. There'll be a link down below, check them out. And if you're looking to just study God's word, well, they have a free version for their online education for you to do just to get studying of God's word, teaching from biblical professors and also Christian Healthcare Ministries, which is a low-cost sharing solution for you to have an alternative healthcare. My wife and I absolutely love Christian Healthcare Ministries, so many different platforms and levels that you can join in on, so there'll be a link down below. Check that out. All right, without any further ado, I want to introduce Chris Maxwell to you. Enjoy our conversation. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your books, because you've written a number of books, and we'll drop a link down below in our podcast, but chrismaxwell.me, right, is your website. Mm-hmm. Cool, so people can go there and find all of your books. Your new book is Equilibrium, so mm-hmm. talk, talk to me about that as I I understand it's the balance between things that are uneven in our lives, right? So yeah. does that come out of a portion of your story?
0: Yeah, that's that's really where my heart is right now. And it fits the whole slow and sudden God. It fits the pause series. It fits my illness. It, 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 this is like kind of, these are 31 principles I want to hand on to everybody, to a friend like you, to my three sons, to my eight grandchildren, to all the students that I mentor right here in this office, uh, to every pastor that I speak to. It's like, these are the principles now at my age that I want to say, these are lessons I've learned, um, and, they, and it's finding balance in, in all the chaos of life. So this is really, yes. this is like my heartbeat coming out in words. I love it. And for people listening that don't understand,
1: when you share your passion and your wisdom, I know so much about your story. And so what I gain from you is knowing what you've come from. Mm-hmm. And so much of knowing somebody's story, helps sort of prepare our interest and in, in our receptiveness to that. Yeah. And so that was what I loved about our journey together, as I understood your pain and your journey. And so share, share with our listeners your story, because I mean, at one point in your life, things are just so smooth, you're, you're pastoring here in Orlando, and mm-hmm. suddenly you became ill. Um, walk, walk our listeners through what all transpired and and how that was for you.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, it was March of 1996. I'd been healthy my whole life, you know, involved in sports, I had a great memory. I was pastoring a wonderful congregation. My wife and I were raising our three sons, and I became sick. Uh, they did not know what was going on. Uh, man, I'd like, never been sick. I was the one taking care of the people who were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was pastoral care and, and counseling and being there for them. Um, but uh, I continued getting worse. It was not making any sense as I was communicating, passing out, falling to the floor. Uh, Debbie eventually took me to the emergency room Uh, they uh, did not know what was happening and they did not think I would live as they were able to eventually determine the cause I had encephalitis so encephalitis was the cause and uh, and so it was destroying my brain Uh, and so now this many years later I live with uh, severe scar tissue in my left temporal lobe I live with brain damage Uh, I live with epilepsy but they thought first, they thought I would not live. And then they reached a the conclusion that if I did live, I would never be able to do again the things that I did. Wow. Speaking, writing, communicating. Um, so I was very emotionally unstable. And several people asked me when they interviewed me about that story, uh, how long did it take you to get better? When did you when did you become totally healed? I'm like, well, I'm not totally healed. Um, I am continuing to get better. This is a lifetime yeah. journey. Uh, it's not like the end of a chapter being the end of the life book. It's an yeah. ongoing, never-ending story of adjusting to medication, to brain damage, to memory issues, having to accept this new me. Yeah. It's like, we all live with scars. Uh, You know, my scars in the left temporal lobe are different than the scars of someone in their heart, the scar, relational scars, emotional scars, spiritual church scars. I mean, look at the, the season we're living in with people just, just bombarded with scars in so many different ways. How are we responding to that? How are we adjusting to that? How are we accepting our new selves and our new circumstances? Man, I had to face all of that, but yeah. I had to pursue help that would guide me in accepting the new me and the new life and helping our family adjust to it. My wife and our three sons. Yeah.
1: How was that as just a, a man and, and someone who was having so much purpose in their work to go from that to being in, I guess, a state of confusion? Did you, did you question God and, and where you see that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So many people are afraid. If you're a follower of Christ, you should not question God. I'm like, have you
1: read the Scripture, man? It's well, like, first of all, have you been in a place where you like feel like you've lost everything? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I was journaling in the hospital as I was dying. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Because that's my therapy. But it was like psalmistic therapy. I couldn't spell the words right. We we still don't know as we look at my handwriting. Uh, we can't read what some of the words were uh, that wow. I wrote during that adventure. Uh, but I was at least doing what I consider my Psalms. That was my prayer of surrender to God. And it is okay to ask him why. He may not always tell us the why, we may not be fully uh, capable of grasping and understanding the why, but asking him the why helps us deal with the what. Because we are talking to the right who. We're talking to that who, that God, that creator who welcomes our questions. He wants dialogue. And it is healthy therapy for me to be journaling. I'm writing my Psalms in my own way, as i'm in a hospital possibly dying but i was in desperation not fully aware of how bad my situation was but hey you know how we are as guys we we want to win we want to accomplish set goals and, and accomplish them um, i could not remember the names of our three sons and you know, i had such a great memory before the illness i had memorized books of the bible not just verses i'm i had memorized a few of the epistles i mean sermon them out. many of the psalms I never used notes, you you told me your name, I was one of those guys that you just told me your name one time and I've got it. Um, After the illness, I could not remember the names of our three sons. Um, I had to learn to learn again. I had to learn to write again. I had to go to speech therapy. I mean, so much, but honestly, it was embarrassing. Uh, And then adjusting to how bad I was, it took me a while to realize how bad I was because my brain did not fully grasp my true condition. and many of us are that way so it's adjusting to the new me as my family and the congregation are having to adjust to this new husband dad pastor uh, In one of the interviews on a, on a tv show my wife called me her second husband i think about wow. that wow. same man same name but a very different man with that same name um because uh, one of my editors said the chris the scholar became chris the poet mm. and that has helped me grasp even though i've always loved poetry My life is more like a poem now. It's not just always logical thinking because my left temporal lobe is permanently damaged. The rest of the brain has to do extra work. And that hard work, that hard labor is like a poem of twisting and turning and going in this uh, wide range of directions, but eventually getting there. And God has helped me find beauty and value in the journey instead of being obsessed with destination that's sort of how we're all driven. I've got to oh, reach, that's got gonna reach preach like, oh. right there. That'll
1: preach a sermon
0: <laughs> yeah. series. Yeah. These are, these are the points that I have to accomplish. These are goals I must achieve. And I'm like, no, he's leading me beside still waters. That's where he is. It's not once I get past the still waters, he's there. No, he's leading me beside them. Where's he? Where does he prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies? Yeah. It's like the Psalms have been therapy for me. The, the, the poetic rhythm and pace of life is more of a poem than it is a three-point sermon or a motivational lecture. Um, It is the twists and the turns of life. And and, and that's how my brain works now. And living living now with epilepsy and uh, memory issues where I have to be intentional about finding peace
1: in the moments. You know, everything you're saying sounds absolutely opposite and contrary to almost anything and everything that I'm seeing on the internet if you look up your job, your interest, everything is being inundated at us at a level of, you know, coaching, masterminding, um, setting goals, achieving things, what's your one-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year, 20-year plan of your life, and, um, you know, daily goals, which I believe in setting goals, but I also understand the, the struggle between setting a goal, achieving it, and not achieving it, and that weird dichotomy of look at me, I've succeeded or oh, is, woe is me, I've failed. And what I hear you saying just sounds like such a thing that I want to have a part of who I am, a part of my day, a part of even my goals, even whatever I feel like it is that I'm going after. Mm-hmm. And for someone listening, it could be school, it could be parenting, it could be um, your job, it could be a promotion, but just knowing that what you're saying sounds beautiful and wonderful and peaceful. And I want it. I want to experience my life in that manner where I do feel like I'm going with the Lord instead of taking the Lord with me and saying, God, where are you at? You know, and oftentimes I feel like God's like, I'm by the river. I'm by the stream. I've invited you here, but you kind of want to keep pursuing ahead. And like, I hear you talk and it just makes me want to quiet down and go be with the Lord. And Mm -hmm. you were like this when I was writing too. Well, it was, get off the phone, and I just think, Oh Lord, I just want to be in Your presence, and 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 not stay. Like people have this like thing of like, Oh, you just want to stay in the presence of God; you'll never get anything done. That's not, it's not true. I, the fact is, we stay there temporarily, and then we move
0: with the Lord. Yes, and it is having an awareness that He is with us as we are doing, as we are being, as yeah. we are still, and also as we are sweating and working and wondering what next. Um, I think often we see ourselves walking into the office of Jesus and he's sitting behind a desk with his arms crossed, giving us this serious facial expression, and he's going to look at the data and he's looking, going to look at the stat sheet. And in in my opinion now, uh, from also looking through the gospel narratives, studying them deeply, writing about them, writing the book, pause with Jesus reminded me that is not how Jesus works. Yeah. Uh, Writing the book underwater. When I wrote that about my own illness, I realized that's not how Jesus works. And writing this latest book, Equilibrium, no, that is not how Jesus works. I see Jesus inviting me in, and he has a smile on his face, and he is glad to see me. And he's like, you know what, we look alike. <laughs> we, you know, there, I, I see myself in you. Isn't that cool to think of him being that type of leader? And, and also, when you study the Gospels, uh, it's it's very intriguing to me that Uh, As we can talk about marketing and promoting things that we all have to do, whatever our ministry or business might be. Yeah, that's a part of it. But um, I think about as I've talked about the M&Ms. I spoke at a convention and I used M&Ms as just kind of this uh, reminder. Let's eat these peanut M&Ms. Let's remember, is it ministry or is it marketing? Does it have to be an either or, or can we find a way in a healthy way to make it a both and, yeah. so that our, our marketing can be true ministry? So that takes me back to Jesus, and so he he is not, in my opinion, to be seen as the one who's grading us, critiquing and evaluating us. He is inviting us to dinner. He is wanting us to join him because he's the one that when he had the momentum, when he had the momentum, what did he do? He hid away. He did not continue improving his product (laughs) this miracle happens and it's like i mean you think of a marketing team there they're like we have the momentum let's raise the voice now's the time jesus hides away because he knew the importance of what i call equilibrium He, he knew the importance of that and i feel like we often miss that um we we need to to step aside okay let's just take a deep breath Before we're able to produce the best products to reach the most people or to achieve our goals or pursue our potential, um, a step back and be with the who and gain a better understanding of the what and the why.
1: Mm, I like it. Allow being with the who to give us a clear understanding of the what and the why. Yeah. That'll apply to anybody, a parent, mom, who's juggling things with the home and and being a, a wife. While at the same time, what's my grander purpose when you're with the who and yeah. the who begins to fill up any sort of void that you were looking after outside of the home or outside of what you're currently doing. And then yeah. you don't feel this pressure to have to chase, uh, which I see that, you know, and in, in, mm-hmm. in many women chase chasing because we live in a world where, you know, women must. Have these other accolades as well, and you know Jesus is is kind of giving this picture when He goes away, He's being with the with the Heavenly Father. When we go and we be with Jesus, He speaks truth into our lives, and oftentimes this is contrary to culture. Yeah. And for women, I can see that. I don't know if you can speak into the this this like difficult world that women have. You know, young women growing up and and women in the workplace, um, they have a struggle. You know, to to uh, wrestle with uh, what the world is pushing. And yeah. what I think God wants for, for girls and for women, I'm not saying that we can't have CEOs that are women for sure, but, uh, there's just this, this other thing as well. That's good. And it's, that's honorable and and worthy. And, um, it's hard for a lot of, a lot of women to see that as valuable, you know, and to see that as enough.
0: Yeah. The, the morning, Uh, that you're interviewing me. Earlier this morning, I was receiving text messages from a lady that's a, she's a a writer and we were part of a writer's group together. She was a part of my congregation that I pastored many years ago. And she was just texting me what my new book is saying to her. And this is, this is a lady that uh, she's, she's a servant heart, but a great leader. She's accomplished great things, but it was a reminder to her how to find this balance and not, not be controlled by the, all of the self-talk or the cultural talk, or yeah. the assumptions, but uh, let's remember Jesus in, is inviting us into his story. And as we are in a part of his story, he is crafting and designing our stories and he does the amazing things in our stories. And she was just kind of thanking me. And I'm like, Oh, I thank you. You're the kind one. And we're just kind of passing texts back and forth and bragging on one another. But it was important to me to realize that I had, I had brought uh, kind of a smile on her face. I want this book to do that. I want, I want yeah, the latest yeah. book. I want all of my books to do that. Um, But the latest book, Equilibrium, is what we're desperate for in our culture because things are so out of balance where we are living in uneven surfaces in these uncertain times. And but but let's I'm I'm inviting people. Let's not be controlled by that, that we cannot control. Let's find comfort in the comforter, not in seeking things to bring us comfort. Um, And there are actions that we can take, decisions we can make. Uh, that can help us get to know him better and find peace amid the storms. It's like kind of this nonstop life of living in the eye of a hurricane. <laughs> I think that's where we are, but there can be calmness there. There can be peace there. Um, and the whole book, Equilibrium, is about finding balance of, uh, amid the chaos. It, let's just take the first two chapters. It's okay for me to mention these. Yeah, these are examples of exactly what you're asking about. First chapter, Believe in the Big. I mean, I work with college students and, and, and spending time with them at the end of this school term, uh, this school year. and I'm, I'm wanting them to believe in the big. they can make a difference. I'm wanting them to pursue their goals, their dreams, their hopes, take their talent and, and see it turned into these great things. So let's start with believing in the big. I tell the story about a missionary friend that many decades ago, uh, he had a heart for Mexico. He didn't know Spanish. He didn't have any connections. He was considered too old by his denomination to become a full-time missionary, but he but he had a dream. He had a big dream, like an impossible dream, and he he started taking action and pursuing that dream. I talked to him on the phone recently, and he has planted over two thousand churches. I'm just guessing because he's not he's not one of those that keeps us that wow. shape. 2, 000, <laughs> he's not into the numbers. He, he's planted churches, schools, supported hospitals in Mexico, and um, he's somebody that just chose to to believe in the big. But for for us not to go, not to take that in the wrong direction, for us to keep that balanced and find equilibrium, the second chapter is be faithful in the little. Mm. See, and, and that missionary, Larry, he, he had big dreams, but he was faithful in the small things, what we would consider small. But for the kingdom, they really are the big important things. Yeah. Because he would just, he would bring food to the people when they were in crisis there in Mexico. He would serve them, love them, care for them. Many of those things will will not hit the headlines. They they will not be the most popular occurrence uh, in in that moment. But equilibrium for me is let's believe in the big. Something that seems impossible, yep, we're the ones that can do it. We're invited by God to do things that may not make sense to us. Okay, good, great idea, Chris. How do we respond to that? Let's be faithful in the small, the silent, the quiet, the unknown, the unnoticed and mm. see, that's the balance that I'm looking for. Those are, those are the first two chapters. Believe I love me, it. be faithful I, I, in a little. I got to uh, get
1: a copy as soon as we're, <laughs> soon as we're off on this, man, I've got to get a copy. I see so many, so many things in my story, my journey as a husband, father, and uh, ministry leader, it just yeah. as an individual, you know, as somebody who's balancing all things in life uh, I see the need for this. I feel like it is at its root, pulling me back to my relationship with Jesus, which just sounds so basic and so simple, but that's, that's why it's because it is so basic and so simple that oftentimes we're looking for a replacement that seems bigger, better, you know, more in the, in the like moment itself. So we're picking up leadership books on how to be a good leader, how to be a good father. And, uh, I think you're, what you're kind of saying is like, look, we're pursuing, you're pursuing, pursuing so many things sort of around what God's leading you to do, but you're not pursuing God and very, very, uh, convicting and, and, Inviting as well. I mean, your words, I I love it because in so many ways it's like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when it's convicting to us, is so sweet and so tender. It's difficult and it can be hard if we're attached to a certain way or we're not wanting to hear God. But if we're if our interest is genuinely, Lord help me, Lord change me, Lord lead me, then when the Holy Spirit convicts us, hey, I'll lead you, come to me. It's yeah. like, that's a great invitation and a conviction that, that we have this now awareness of like, man, maybe all these things in my story haven't been making sense or working out because I've been actually just pursuing all of it on my own, all the while kind of saying, Lord, where are you? You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to church. I'm listening to worship music, but I'm, am I actually sitting for some length of time yeah, uh, intentionally with the Lord so that I can look at these things and, and he could, he could start to stir in my heart of where mm-hmm. I'm putting stress at, you know, yeah. and I should take Fatherhood. I could take my relationship with my wife, and and sort of bring the moments together and say, let's look at this, Lord.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where have I got this backwards? Because, oh. like you say, so many things are contrary to the Word of God. Like you said, you know, be faithful with little.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just doesn't sound like the thing that I want to do. Yeah, it sounds like I want to be faithful with parenting, my my marriage, the ministry, side hustles, and everything in between. <laughs> I want to be faithful with all of this, and I want to scale it all. Yeah. And yeah. uh, what you're saying is like, hey, just just learn to be simple with that, or be, uh, what was it? Learn to be uh, faithful with uh, the little thing. And so, let's believe right. in the big. Let's be faithful in the little. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, I think we could we could uh, drop this episode here, man, and and say, go get the book Equilibrium. Yeah, it's important. I can I can see it and hear it. I, I love that we get to interview, you and talk about it because it's it's one thing for me to tell someone about. It's another thing for them to hear from you, your heart in this. Uh, What else would you want to leave our audience with just either around your story or um, around things the Lord's teaching you right now? Yeah, there's so many parts of the book that
0: that are keeping me breathing with a smile, you know, and and with tears. Um, I see so many people these days that are are controlled by their emotions. Um, One of the chapters is uh, about that, you know, don't trust your feelings. You know, our feelings are there to kind of help us and warn us and, and, and give us some alert, but they're not to control us. But after that chapter, then the next chapters are bringing that equilibrium about how to cry well, how to laugh and, and bring those parts. But maybe a good place to end the, the chapters three and four, right after the believe in the big and, and be faithful in the little. Uh, chapter four is endure the adventure. So many people are giving up now. I want us to be people who endure and believe that God is holding us, guiding us. But chapter three, right before that, Let's enjoy the journey. Let's enjoy the journey, not with an obsession of the destination. Let's enjoy the journey. Let's be held by Jesus as he's holding us and walking us. And, and let's not and, and remember that he we should not just see him as the mechanic who's always here to fix us. He's the artist who's continuing to craft us. And he is he is transforming us into Christ-likeness through the renewing of our minds. And I hope this book equilibrium renews our minds so that we think better, so that we think well, so that we think correctly and then can endure the adventure with a smile on our face and with the right people beside us. Amen. Well, before I I end this conversation, what if there's somebody
1: listening that doesn't have a strong relationship with God, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it was just a relationship they started when they were younger or they're older now and the busyness of life has basically swallowed them up. Yeah. And, um, and they feel stressed. They feel everything that you and I are talking about, but, but they don't necessarily know what it means to go sit with God. You know, it's like when you're younger and it's like, Hey, go read the Bible. And you're like, flip open this big book, but feeling lost and feeling like, what, what do I read and how do I do that? Yeah. So I'm just curious. Cause I know you have this pastor's heart for younger people, but young and old. Um, if there's someone listening that's in this place of life, I just feel like maybe God can use some of your wisdom to guide them. Yeah. That's a good question. And there's so
0: many people that are right in that place. Many people yeah. I'm talking to, they listen to me, they read my book, they're, they're, but they're not followers of Christ. And I listen to them. And, and I think it would be healthy for some people who are um, kind of struggling that way, maybe to read my book, Pause With Jesus. It's, that's a book that invites you to, to enter the narrative of Jesus. Just It goes through his stories, and the gospel narrative, and finding ourselves there. And it asks questions. It deals with the real issues. Um, but I have people who are reading that right now. They're not followers of Christ. They're reading Equilibrium, but they wanted to know more about Jesus, kind of like you're asking. So right. they're, they're going there and, and it's like, I did not know he would love someone like me. I did not know I would be, I could be a part of his conversation. And it's, uh, it's also pursuing help. I think it would be good for people. Make a list right now of the struggles that you're going through. What what are, how, how are you wounded right now? What has hurt you? How is it harming you? In what ways is it continuing to affect you? What are your biggest fears? But also what are your biggest dreams? And then as you go through those questions, invite Jesus to be a part. I believe he not only will help find the answers, I personally believe he is that answer that we're seeking and searching for. Um, but he's, he's open to dialogue and conversations and he's inviting us to himself. Um, Yeah. So don't, I don't want you to see Jesus today as somebody that's just pointing a finger at you because you haven't done everything just right. I want you to see Jesus as someone who's extending his hands out to you and he's inviting you to breakfast. What do you want for breakfast today? He's inviting you to lunch. He's inviting you to dinner. He's asking you, Hey, let's walk together. Mm -hmm. I will listen. You talk. And then I have some things to say. I want you to listen.
1: That's good. I tell you people, it's like a father. You are, man. I love your heart. Thank you for thank you, being so willing to share and, and having a gentleness about it. I feel like um, if I didn't know Jesus, I would want to go grab coffee with you and lunch with you and just go through all my questions and say, well, help me understand this. Help me understand that. And I think that's as Christians, that's what we need to yeah. exude is this, hey, I'm just a person like you. Yeah, I may go to church. I may believe in Jesus. I follow him. But man, it, it's not an easy journey. And yeah. within my own journey and story, I can help you. I can sit with you. I can wrestle with questions with you. I can certainly not condemn you judge you where you're at. I can, what I like to say is I can believe in the
0: long story of your yes. life and I can be with you in the long story. And I wrote, I wrote so many stories in equilibrium about people who have helped me in the journey. People who've been there for me, yeah. uh, who've okay. walked with me and helped me find that place to come to the table. And, um, yeah, funny stories, serious stories, stories that will bring some tears, stories of a lot of people who've passed away recently and how their lives and their deaths influenced me. Didn't turn me away from the Lord. It brought me closer to him and I have a, a story in uh, in equilibrium about a cow named Kiki. People will love that story. Okay.
1: I like a good story about a cow. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Chris, I, uh, I've learned so much from you and our time. Again, thank you for being my friend and the journey for for me, writing writing our book and series. It is it is effective today and impactful today in large part because of your service and leadership with me and guiding my own heart when I didn't know exactly what I felt like I wanted to say, but I knew the heart behind the words I needed. And uh, you were there to ask good questions and to come alongside me and and help me write this. So to people that had their lives impacted, I'm thankful to do this with you and who knows, maybe we'll,
0: we'll write another book. I'm pretty tired of writing stuff though. After that one, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And it's exciting to see um, the positive influence that you have on the lives of many people. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, man. Well, any last words before we wrap? Yeah. Let's just believe in the big, let's be faithful in the little, let's enjoy the journey. Uh, But let's, let's not, uh, let's not try to endure life alone.
1: All right, that's a wrap for this conversation between Chris Maxwell and I. Again, there'll be a link down below for his website, chrismaxwell.me, to check out his new book, Equilibrium. So much of this conversation today blessed me, encouraged me, convicted me, and I hope it has ministered to you in some way that we need to slow down, slow down and go and be with Jesus. And so as Chris mentioned, Jesus is inviting us into this sweetness, this tenderness where we can find the hope, the healing, and the meaning. And that he can bring to these relationships and bring to the pursuits that we're going after and create for us space to have equilibrium, space to have a balance. And um, that's it. So thank you for watching this episode. Remember, your story matters. See you on the next episode.